Hefeweizen, Isaac Hayes, Hot Butter Soul. Peruvian and Jamaican. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast, Old Head Ed, your host as always, and as always, thank you for joining us, thank you for tuning in yet again, um, there's no sponsors on this episode, but I want to send a shout out to everybody who's been involved uh, previously, um, Conscious Kings, Rob Productions, um, Quick the Poet with his Anafloetry shows um, coming up soon. Um, and if you've been involved with the show and you're doing something, Mama Juana King, you'll get the shout out on the on the uh, on the beer uh, portion. But uh, anybody who showed love, I'm showing love back. Thank you for all your involvement and whatnot. Um, so with that, let's get into the show. Um, my guest today is is gonna be it's gonna be hard introducing my guest today for the sense that um, or even just doing this podcast is <laughs> gonna be tough because I normally podcast with this gentleman. He's um he's one of the three. Three uh, knowledgeable heads that uh, review soundtracks. The architects. The yes, architects. the architects. Um, so I, I, I speak with him on a, on a bi-weekly basis anyway, but this time he's bringing it here. He's bringing his talents to the Bruce Beast and Easter podcast. Yes, sir. Um, he's, a, he's a crate digger. He's a, a, he's a self-renowned scientist. You know, he <laughs> has no degrees, but he considers himself a scientist. There you go. Self-made. Self-made. Habitual line stepper. We'll get more into that. Um, like I said, crate digger, DJ, all of that. I'm just going to... You want to give him a shout out? You do your thing, man. Uh, this is DJ Trez, one-third of Architects. You know what it is. Bruce Beats and Eats Podcast. What's going on, Ed? Bro, I'm doing well, man. Yourself? Chilling, chilling, man. I'm, I'm glad you came through Thank you. Thank this. you for having me, man. I'm excited Yo. to be here. It's funny because I know last time we built, we got together and we did the um, the audio rap club. Um, I said, yo, before I forget, this is like what six episodes in. Yeah. So, yo, before I forget, I'm like, yo, you have to come through and do the podcast. Yes, sir, man. Yeah. So I'm glad you're here. Glad man. to be I'm here. Glad, glad to be here. here. So let's get started. Um, DJ Tres, three is the magic number. Um, yes. How did you get into DJing? How did I get into DJing? Yes. Well, my first uh, initial when I wanted to when I decided I wanted to participate in hip hop, uh, what first caught me was the beats and producing and and beat making. And when I was diving into that at a younger age, I figured out that all my favorite producers were all DJs first. So if I decided I wanted to be a producer, I wanted to go on their same path. So that's why I decided I wanted to take up DJing as well as producing. And actually, before I even made one beat, I was already DJing for a while. So I decided to to make DJing the first step on my path to being a beat maker, producer. Okay. Um, So DJing, were you DJing what? House parties? Um... School events? I first started in college. There okay. was some college radio. I did it for a little while. A little bit of parties, but nothing really big until 
I went out to the Air Force and I started doing parties uh, around house parties and you know parties around the area where I was stationed at in Oklahoma and uh, Texas, Biloxi. Okay, okay. Oklahoma, there's a, there's a wild story behind that. I ever heard the how Oklahoma came to be? I learned this not too long ago. Back in the day, Oklahoma, like there was this lot of land that opened up. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a messed up story. That's well, that's why the the OU was called Sooners. Exactly. It's Boomer yeah, Sooner. Yeah. yeah. So whoever got there sooner. Right, right, right. They just in that plot. They just, they just Oklahoma. Yeah, they just had a whole crew behind a, I don't know what it was, a rope or whatever. Somebody shot the gun and you just, and it's Everybody a scrambled rush and, and tried to claim for uh, native lands. For real, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, enough of the History Channel session here. Um, so, so you started spinning uh, college radio and then doing stuff while you was in the service um, uh, right around where you were stationed. Right. Um, the What were you playing then? Uh, mainly hip hop. Okay. Mostly hip hop. I was DJing before Serato, so I was collect. You know, this was when you just still had to use vinyl, and so I was. It was normal. You just had to collect records. That was part of being a DJ. You just had to have a record collection. And since I was always more inclined towards hip hop, I just collected a lot of hip hop records, a lot of R and B records, and I was just doing mainly hip hop parties. Okay. Okay. Um, crate digging for those who don't know. Let them know what crate digging is. Crate digging is the art of getting dusty, going to some dusty dungeon, going to some thrift shop, going to a yard sale, going, you know, something to that effect, uh, Goodwill, and just going through all the piles of just shit records. Disregarded wax. Yeah, <laughs> looking for the one, man. Looking for the one. Just looking for anything, you know. Uh, it doesn't have to be for sampling. A lot of people do it just for their collection. Just okay. Because they're music lovers. I do it for both. Okay. Uh, I do it mainly for sampling. Uh, and if I see something I like along the way, I'll pick it up. But I mainly uh, I mainly dig for samples. True. But yeah, but record digging, I just want to make it clear. No shots, but record digging is not the same as record. Going to the record store... And going through records that's already been selected through and placed on the shelf is not the same as digging. That's record shopping. Yeah, okay. Record digging is actually, you know, getting your hands dirty and sifting through the mud for the diamond in the rough. Yeah, yeah. The hidden gems. The hidden gems. That's digging, baby. Like we like to say around here. Yeah, because I see a lot of people post on social media. They're in the record shop. Hashtag digging. No. Nah, they're not, not they're, digging. Son. There's placeholders. There's there's letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the alphabet is up there. If you see the artist's name on a little placeholder, you're not digging. <laughs> you are shopping, my friend. Now some record stores have a little dollar bins that you could look through. That's digging. Yo, you know what I just realized? I be do, I be doing DVD digging. DVD digging at the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> You ever pull up to the yeah. Walmart? Five dollar bin. Five dollar bin. Yo, I'm a DVD digger. That's hey, what yo. I'm talking about. Dope, dope. Buy some dope martial arts art flicks in those bins. Yeah, bro. man. With that like three for one and throw yeah. all in one dish. Yeah, it's yeah, the Shaw Brothers. Sure, yeah. For sure. Hey, um, so moving on from there, uh, so you're you're picking up records, you're sampling on them. How often do you find it that you're you 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 listen to somebody to sample and then eventually you kind of work it into your set when you when you're spinning? Uh, that, a lot of that? I kind of incorporated that into my sets later on uh, because the type of parties I was doing at the time, they were just straight up, you know, like modern music mm. parties. It wasn't really like thought out sets like that. I didn't really start, I was, and I wasn't that good at the time, to tell you the truth. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't really start incorporating that type of 
uh, transitions to my set till later on. Not even, you know, maybe like five years ago, maybe wow. if that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So these parties, um, did you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of requests? Oh man, there's always requests. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody want to give you the idea as to what you should play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little easier now with Serato and the internet but when you imagine having vinyl records and people asking for some off the wall shit that yeah. you know you don't have in your crates you know <laughs> no request man let DJs play PSA for real let for DJs real. play PSA yeah. <laughs> get that on the shirt hey um so production so when you started getting into producing what were you working with uh, at the very, very beginning, I tried uh, producer software like Fruity Loops okay. and Ableton and things like that. And while a lot of my early beats were on those platforms, I didn't really, I wasn't too comfortable with it. And I always wanted an MPC, mm. and I bought an MPC. And from there, it's not, it's just, it's not a case of being keeping it real or anything like that. It was just I, I was genuinely comfortable with the machine so once I got the MPC I took off on the MPC but I did use software for a while okay okay what do you find yourself what what type of uh, music do you find yourself going to for like samples whoa that's well I have my go to but I'm not gonna oh well, I'm saying it, it, <laughs> it's not, you don't have to say the albums I'm talking about like the, the genre the style um anything from the 70s automatic man the 70s okay. to me is like the sweet spot of music man mid 60s all the way to the 70s but mainly 70s man Any, anytime i see 1970 something that's yeah, yeah, that's, that's automatic to you know I, I might pause and check it out man cuz there might be something there man the 70s always money um, but then you know you always have your standard. You always look for your R and B joints, your soul joints. Mm. You know, there's a lot of I got some tricks up my sleeve that I sample, which we talked about earlier before the show. But okay, you know, those type of things. True, true. Those type of artists. So what are you doing? What are you doing with the beats now? Is that I say you put together a beat? What do you do with it now? Well, right now, what I want, I'm working on an instrumental project, okay. which is uh, my main focus now. I've always just made beats just to make them really, and just to try to. Uh, get better, advance my craft, uh, and just try to make the dopest beats, and you know, try to make them into, into you know, complete instrumentals. Okay. You know, sometimes I'll reach out to my friends who rhyme. Uh, you know, I haven't really, I've never really pushed my beats like that as a as a as a producer. Okay. You know, as far as making a package and you know trying to be out there selling them like that yeah. you know I've always just reached out to my friends and hey he you know beats like Check that this. I usually just make them for myself but I've really right now my goal is to have an instrumental project out on vinyl really yeah, nice yeah, pressed yeah. up and everything yeah yeah that's been my goal for a while so I want to make that happen they're doing some creative shit with vinyl nowadays as far as the vinyl like back then it was just it was black everything was black yeah yeah, yeah yeah and now they're doing dye and it's like yeah. splatters and it's crazy yeah you know? yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I want to do something to that effect but we'll see man nah. I still have to you know still got a lot of producing to do I got to get the beats all down first then you know do all that post production afterwards nice nice cool cool um what else we got? What else we got? Um, <clears throat> you've been doing a couple spots throughout South Florida. Right. Um, I think actually we met, first time we met was uh, Technique Records. Right, right. I had a, I was doing a gig uh, for What They Do. What's yes, up? Sir. What They Do. Shouts to y'all. Shouts, shouts. Um, yes, definitely. That show was, that show was live. Um, 
Um, first time I ever pulled up to a record shop and they handed me a beer. That was dope. <laughs> I, I was, so I, I was digging. I was like, oh yeah, oh and y'all and somebody's performing. Yeah, and you're just giving out beers. That, that was a fun gig. That was the first time in ye- no, no, I don't want to say the first time. The first, but this within the last couple of months, I've done old vinyl sets. And that's been the first time in many years that I have done old vinyl sets. And it's really, really, it's like getting back on the bike, man. It's, it's yeah. you know, you have to practice a little bit, but, you know, it's, it's a little different from the computer, but you get the hang of it. True. true. Did, you, did you bring records that night? Yeah, yeah. I did that's all right. vinyl that night. Oh, that's right. All oh, vinyl. Okay. And I dug out of my, my collection and I just uh, played a whole bunch of old hip-hop joints. Yeah, yeah. Typically, there's somebody that carries records around for somebody, but not use use all purpose. I was an hour set, so it was only one crate. Okay, right, cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But back in the day, I carried many, many crates upstairs, downstairs. When Serato was invented, that was one of the greatest days, man. <laughs> no more crates. <laughs> so producers, producers, you dig producers that influenced you. Oh man, uh, you know, I'm a 90s boom bap guy, so obviously Premier, Pete yeah. Rock, these guys, uh, Large Professor, the Beat Miners, okay. all these guys, man. Uh, like I was saying, when I first started getting into hip hop and I started buying music and I was a little nerd, so I was always read all the liner notes and I kept seeing my favorite songs were made by this producer, yeah. this producer on the next album, you know, mm. this producer, this producer. I was like, okay, Easy Mo B on this one, you know, DJ Premier on that one, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, Lord Finesse on this one. I was like, okay, so these are these are the producers, you know. Yeah. So, you know, th- all those guys, all that, all that sound, that was my main influence. Dope, dope. So you got into hip hop early on, uh, high school or no, you were spinning no, in college? no. I was, I was, uh, I was introduced to hip hop very, very early on in life. Um, I moved. Uh, I'm not Puerto Rican, but uh, I moved to Puerto Rico when I was around two or three okay. with my family. My dad's a doctor. And because we were broke, he had to go to medical school in Puerto Rico. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so he moved the, the whole family to Puerto Rico when I was about two or three. And by the time I moved to Puerto Rico, uh, the early 80s, it was already hip hop or had already taken over. Okay. So right there and then, you know, um, growing up, it was everywhere. You know, Puerto Rico, a lot of Puerto Ricans in the Bronx. So they brought that early, yeah. early, 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 early to Puerto Rico, back to the island. So I grew up, when I was growing up, you know, you always look up to the older kids on the block, and they were all b-boys, breakdancing, Adidas, Fila Sweats, yeah. boy, you know, the, 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 the ghetto blasters, all that shit, man, the early 80s so in Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a pivotal part of the start of hip-hop, so it's, it's right, right, right. It so makes I was sense. right there, man, I was, uh, you know... My my early childhood, you know, I didn't even know it was a thing. That was just what it, you know, what I was growing up around. I yeah. know hip hop was a thing. I know rap was a thing. That was just the, yeah. what everybody was doing. That's what yeah. everybody was getting into. You know, Run DMC was big. Adidas. I used to beg my parents for Adidas, Adidas, <laughs> Adidas, Adidas. <laughs> hey, that was like, I'm broke. Why you think yeah, we're in Puerto Rico? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can't exactly. afford to buy you. Adidas. They couldn't even buy it. They couldn't even buy me my first pair of Adidas. I had to I had to get it from some some older kid handed handed me down his old pair, which yeah. was big. But that was like the great. Greatest day of my life, man. My first pair of Adidas. Yeah. And ever since then, I've been crazy about sneakers, man. Yeah, a sneaker addict. 
Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, anyone you gravitate to mostly? Uh, well, I guess what brand? Brand you gravitate to? Not mostly. really, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess Nike and Jordan from growing up in New York, but I'm I'm not loyal to any brand, man. It's, okay. Yeah, Reebok, Adidas, Diadora, whatever, man. Yeah, Saucony. So it's all good, man. I'll do them all. Elises. Elises. Asics. <laughs> if I find a dope pair of Elises, I'm wearing some Elises. <laughs> the, what's the name that played from played for Philly? Uh, he that? had a pair of Elise signature Elises. Philly back in the day? Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn, his name's slipping me. Uh, Damn. Anyway, well, we gotta Google that later because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. lost on that one too. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so I was exposed to hip hop early, man, early. Yeah. But um, it wasn't until I was about 12, 13 that I really had, uh, you know, that self-awareness of, you know... The concept. The, the concept, concept of hip-hop right, right. where it's like... Because that was the time that I started actually buying music. Mm. You know, before that, music was just music. Even though it was hip-hop and I love hip-hop, it was yeah. just music. music. You know, it was just yeah. music. Until I started having a job and buying CDs, buying tapes, that I really started, you know, getting into it and realizing yeah. this is a thing. Because, you know, I started working when I was 12 years old. My parents, immigrant parents, okay. making my ass work at 12. So Showing you structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's a 12-year-old kid going to do with his money? I bought comic books. <laughs> I bought, I bought and, and, and tapes and CDs. That's all I bought. Yeah. You know, what else are you going to buy? And when I started making a little more money, then, you know, clothes and sneakers. But... You know, and I was always the type, the type that if I bought something like uh, an album, I'm gonna listen to every song, I'm gonna read every word on the booklet, I'm gonna look at the back and the front, all yeah. the, I'm gonna absorb the whole thing because yeah. it's mine. I bought it. Yeah, I spent bought money it. on it. Yeah, you know I man. You want to get the most? For yeah. Your so yeah. So the more CDs I bought and the more albums I bought, the more I absorbed. And I started buying magazines and okay. absorbing all that. I was always a big nerd, so I would read it front to back, the source, double yeah. XL, rap pages, all those front to back. So. I just became a huge magnet for hip-hop. Crazy. <clears throat> so early on, it was just heavily hip-hop focused, the set that you would play. So nowadays, right. what does the set sound like? Oh, man. that Well, as I, as I grew as a DJ, my influences were always guys like Tony Touch. Okay. Because he's a guy that is dis, like a, uh, disgusting with the cuts and scratches. Mm. But he can also rock any type of party. You put okay. him out there. So he's, he's both extremes from like... Oh, because when I first started DJing, I want to be a nerdy scratch DJ and just we can we can we can be all day long. That's what I'm about to do, but it's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay now, but to get to those competition levels is very hard. So from that extreme to the extreme of just rocking out the the flashiest party, you know, that's what I, the type of DJ I always wanted to be. So. Right now, I try to be as versatile as I can. I can rock the most boom-bap hip-hop party. I can yeah. rock a Spanish party, a reggae party, dancehall party, and anything in between. Disco, okay. you know, old school. I like to do a lot of old school mixes now, but yeah, man, I like to be as versatile as I can be. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you threw something on that you didn't know if the crowd was going to be perceptive to it, and then it was like... All the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, and like I said, it's easier now with Serato because in a pinch, I can just go online and download something and play it in, in a minute. You yeah. know, uh, get, on some, get on the Wi-Fi wherever I'm at or through my phone. 
But when you have, when it was just strictly vinyl, it was a little harder. And even before Wi-Fi, when it was just Serato, when you had to go in with whatever MP3s you had. Yeah, and the 8 gigabyte. Right, right, right. And, you had. and a lot of DJs can relate that sometimes you'll go to a gig and the crowd is just not what you expect. Mm. And and you have to, you know, it's a, it's kind of a skill that, a skill that DJs develop where you have to gauge, gauge a crowd. Yeah, you know, from sight, you know, you kind of have to be like, uh, you know, judgmental, you know, in, in the sense that you know, age of the crowd, race of the crowd, it all matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and even race is tricky because you know, are they black? Are they Latino? Are they older black folks? Are they younger black folks? Are they younger white kids? Yeah, the are percentages. Older, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Are they college? So- because college age kids, no matter what race. It's different than high school age kids, and it's different from like 26, 27 year olds, and yeah. then they all have their different little taste, and you have to pick up on all that. You know, you have to look at how they're dressed, you know, all that, all that. You have to take all that in. And then sometimes you just, you're like, oh shit, you know, they're not vibing with this. What do I do? What do I play? And you just have to, you know, you have to keep playing your way out of something it. until you see somebody wiggle some ass or tap some toes, and you okay, I got a toe tap. I got a toe tap. I got to work on that toe tap. You got to make that toe tap turn into an ass shake. And you yes. got to make it to an ass shake until let's go on the dance floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to build. You know, you got to build. And then you have somebody, can you play this? And then fucks up your whole <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know how long it took me to get to this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, now you yeah, want yeah. me to cram this song in there that's probably yeah, not going to have a place. Yeah, yeah. Fit just so you can dance. <laughs> And that's typically not the first person on the dance floor either. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so they're yeah. not helping to it's somebody start. that just came in. Yeah, they're not help. They're not helping or contributing to getting that wave going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> dope, dope. Uh, what do you got coming up? I mean, besides you're working on the instrumental album. <clears throat> uh, that's it right now. I want to focus okay. on that mainly, man. I've been, I've been um, doing. I stopped DJing for a while because uh, when I first moved to Florida, I. Got into DJing heavy and I wanted to be, you know, like an idiot. I wanted to be on the South Beach, Coconut Grove. Mm. But then those scenes kind of disgusted me and, and repulsed me <laughs> 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 to the point where I kind of stopped being a regular DJ. You know, I did I did gigs and events, you know, on and off here and there. But yeah. I didn't. I stopped doing them all, all pretty much heavy until, you know, you get the itch, you know, because I love DJing. Yeah. So, you know, a few years ago, I decided to... You know, I want to, you know, try it again. And fortunately, you know, um, I I hooked up with a good group of of music-loving DJs that, you know, support good music. And, uh, you know, those guys have been putting me on. uh, I'm grateful to them. And um, so I've been working on my sets. And now that I feel feel like I'm at a good place with DJing, I want to really focus on uh, production and... uh, my album because uh, when I had put DJing to the back burner for a while, that's when I had focused heavy on beats. You know, started digging heavier and just spending okay. more time in the lab with the beats. So now that I feel like I'm okay with that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with both DJing and production. So I just I'm trying to get this album off this this project. So, um, which leads me to this one. Um, you're a fan of movies. We obviously yes. we go through these soundtracks. <laughs> uh, we put out this show on a weekly basis. Uh, now on the WDDH radio banner, yep, yep. we're under that network, the uh, Audio Rap Club. You ever think about scoring movies? Oh man, like like I got the type of mind that I'm like I, I wish I could. You know, actually, 
what I want to do is I want to score skate videos. Uh, I love skate videos, and part of this, you know, my my absorption of all this hip hop coming up was just spending time in dorm rooms, you know, with my buddies, drinking forties okay. and smoking and watching. Skate videos and skate videos always had these grimy underground beats yeah. in the background, and they yeah. never had, they never credited any producer, <laughs> but they always just sick grimy beats, man. So yeah. I always wanted to score a skate video and have oh, one of those. That's tight. That's so, tight. Yeah, man. That's what I've always wanted to do. Ew, ew. All right, well, let's um, let's wrap up the business portion of the podcast. Yeah, Go man. ahead and give them your socials. Let them know where they can find uh, you. DJ Tr Three S all around. That's it. That's it, man. That's even it. even even on the PlayStation Network. <laughs> <laughs> I locked that down. DJ TR three S. Yes. Yeah, so if you, you catch him out there while in Call if of you Duty, catch me on Tech and you know come catch these hands, baby. Oh damn! <laughs> Yo. Who you play, Paul? Who did I play with? No, no, no. I play with King. Uh, no, uh, I forget her name. It, it's uh, one of the female characters, the, the Asian one with the glasses. I forget her name. Yeah, it's been a minute, but her, that's my her, girl. That's the one. Come catch these hands and these feet. For real. <laughs> and we got DJ Tres in the house. Uh we're gonna we're gonna um we're gonna wrap this side up because I'm just looking forward to drinking these beers. And I yeah, know he man, is. That's what I came here for. So you know what it is, Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Let's go. and eats this is the podcast and uh this is the podcast where people come to talk crap drink beers talk more crap about music and then talk about food we've arrived at the bruise portion of the podcast the highlight yes not me y'all don't want to hear about me man you want to hear about beers <laughs> that's it that's it um so yeah like he's like that i said it's uh this is the portion where um my guest gets the pleasure of sampling beers and kind of um giving us his thoughts on the beers um, now that I'm looking at it, I, I think I fucked up this whole rotation, but, <laughs> but we're going to so, move on so. anyway, because it's typically from your left to the right. Nah, it's all good. And this time around, I wanted you to, I'm going to have you set it off from the right to the left. We're going to go like the Torah and whatnot. We're going to be, we're going <laughs> to, like gonna, a manga, like a manga. Like a manga. There you go. We're going to go right to left for sure. For sure. Um, so when we get into this first beer, what I'll do is I'll share some knowledge on the beer. Right. Um, uh, whatever I can find on the internet. You try the beer, you give us your opinion. No, so right, right, I know right. Dress is down. He said that's what he came for. That's Go ahead, let's start from, with that man. first one. All right. That first one is from La Cerveceria Cuajatecmo. I think I said that right. Moctezuma. It's actually Soul. It's the it's a Mexican beer. Uh, it's an American adjunct lager. I don't know if that's close to American adjacent. I believe adjunct, so. I believe. I believe so. I guess. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, my vocab's a little rusty, but that, that's fine. It's, it's not gonna get any better after these beers. I tell you that much. That's as good as we gonna I get. I mean, it'll be lubricated, but it ain't gonna get better. Um, it clocks in at a four point five ABV. It's out of Mexico. Um, I always tell my my guests that there's no sponsorship here, so it's, it's whatever you feel about the beer. I also I haven't said it in a while, but. Since the beginning, it's always been, it's like, yo, this is a podcast about growth and learning. The two things rarely happen, but, <laughs> but, we, but we look forward to but growing But definitely we don't try. But the, exactly. So 
We might not even know what the fuck we're talking about, <laughs> but it's really opinion based, and nobody's gonna tell you that your opinion's wrong. So, what do you think of that first one? Well, uh, this is definitely not my first time drinking Sol. Okay. Uh, I'm a fan of Sol. I'm a fan of Mexican beers in general. I always pick up Sol uh, in Publix. They usually have a sampler pack of Mexican beers. So I believe uh, it's slipping my mind now. It's Sol, and it might be Tecate, okay. and like maybe two two brands of the two two flavors of Tecate and a Sol or something to that effect. And a fourth one. Right, so uh, I always enjoy salt. It's very crisp beer. If you like Coronas, uh, you'll probably like salt even better. Salt has a little more of a bold flavor, but it's just as light. Okay, okay. So it's something you can enjoy through and through at any time of the day. This is definitely one you got to have ice cold uh, at the beach, at the pool, summertime beer. True. Perhaps for the lime. Okay. If you so choose, but I'm good by, with it by itself. Um, again, I mean, yeah, there's probably a lot of fact checking that goes on when people listen to this podcast, because despite the fact that I, I, I deliver information with confidence, that doesn't mean that it's true. (laughs) That's always right. But in my, in my times, I've, um, I've come across people who have told me, he's like, the lime, the Mexicans put lime in their beer. It's not for the taste of lime in their beer. They put the lime at the top of the beer so that to keep the flies away. Huh? I don't know how true that is. Well, I mean, it, it could be something that's originally true, and then you know, when it comes over this side, somebody adapted the thought of like pushing the lime into the beer. Well, that's the first time I ever heard of that, but it, yeah. it, it's definitely uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, I could take it or leave it. Uh, I know there's a lot of beer snobs, like my brother O. Shout out to my brother O, who's a definite beer snob. So. Hope you're listening. Does he know anything about beer? He he knows a lot about beer. Oh, well, good. but he's like I said, he's very snobbish. So okay. you know, he he'll probably critique things a little harsher than I will. But uh, what was I saying? <laughs> as far as the, I'm he's, already, he's, he's a he's a purist when it comes to beer, so he probably well, he doesn't throw the uh, he doesn't throw the citrus. Oh, in there. we're talking about about the citrus, right? I, I think a lot of purists they they scoff at the citrus at the lime, but okay. I'm gonna take your leave, a guy. I don't care. Give yeah. it to me with, give it to me without. I like it sometimes, but I can do it without either. And I'm the type that pushes it in, and I turn around so I can infuse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it. You don't fuck around. Put your thumb, over, your thumb the, it, over the mouth. Turn around and get that flavor. Down. You know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. That's it. And sometimes I throw some salt in it, you know. Okay. You okay. know, I'm a party guy, so, you know, I'm going with the flow. You know, sometimes people, like I drink tequila sometimes. Yeah. And real tequila drinkers, it's a sin to do the training wheels, you know, the yes. lime and the salt. But yeah, yeah. give a shit, man. If you got a party, party up. That's it. That's man. my attitude. It, it, turns, it turns drinking into an event. That's how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. I'm snobby at home. At home, I have some Black Label. I have, you know, uh, a Modelo. Okay. But, you know, when you're out of the place, you know, go with the flow. It, that's what it calls for. Boom. Let's get into the second beer. Um, this one's from uh, the Dam SA, or it's, in a, it's a Spanish beer. A Spanish? It's from Spain. Yeah, Spanish. Dam, D-A-M-M. Um, it's Estrella. Uh, it's a European pale lager. Uh, this one, we've enjoyed both. We've both mm-hmm. enjoyed... Um, this one got us through a couple of episodes of the uh, the Audio Rap Club. Um, it clocks in at a 5.4, if I didn't mention that already. And it's nice. from Spain. Estrella has very good flavor. It has a more bold flavor than, than Sol, uh, as most European beers do. Yeah. I am a fan of European beers. 
Mainly, I think that's probably my favorite type of beer. If you give me a Euro, I'm always with it. And Estrella falls down the line. A lot of European beers have both flavor and they always have their distinct flavor. Like if, if you if you're a beer guy, Estrella has its flavor. It's different from Heineken. It's different from Beck's. You know, Beck's has its own flavor. Yeah. So that's that's one thing I like about European beers. Uh, I like it. They're notable. Nice amber color. There you go. There you go. By the way, we got the pretzel chips just to cleanse the palate in between the beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, when people kind of people get into the second, when my guests get into the second beer, that's when I start asking them for their earliest beer memories or the hashtag EBMs. <laughs> um, what set you off on this road of Man. beer, uh, of beer wow. uh, enjoyment? My family is from the Caribbean. We're island people. My mother's from Cuba. And, you know, we drinkers, man. You know, okay. we party, we drink. So, you know, when you're young, you have crazy uncles and fresh uncles that put alcohol in front of your face and be like, drink it, toma, toma, dale, dale, una tocaída. For their own entertainment For their purposes. own entertainment. <laughs> and you're there and they make you drink and you make the ugly face and laugh. <laughs> But you know, just growing up and always going to parties, you know, when we do sweet six, when we do, forget sweet 16, when we do quince, baptisms, you know, yeah, we yeah. always got the cooler out, we always got the drinks, you know, I'm the type that one was in the parking lot who's got the drink in the trunk of the car. That's me, man. That's where you can catch me at a party. Bro, remember the, um, you remember the first beer you drank? I mean, because early on, like you said, when you were a kid, they give you the beer, the beer, like, ah, oh, you, you sip it. And I don't remember. The first beer you enjoyed, maybe? The, the first beer you had that you were like, oh, this I don't is remember bad. the first first beer I had because you know I, like around 15 16 your uncle just put here here you had a party yeah. and they make you get twisted but I do remember I think I was 18 the first time I got wrecked <laughs> it was a 40 ounce of old English Damn. Yeah. and I was in the dorm room okay. and I was already drinking a little bit but I decided I'm going to take a whole 40 of OE to the dome. Yeah. Or like decompress from some studying and or from... Nah, some... man. That... <laughs> nah, man. I... For no important reason. I don't think I ever studied in college, man. Oh. <laughs> That's not what it's for. That's not what it's for, man. I did, I did what you're not supposed to do in college. That's what I did. But, okay. Um, I did do a lot of party, a lot of drinking. And one, and just I was 18. I decided I'm going to take a whole 40 to the dome. And needless to say, it did not end well. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in college, you know, you drink horrible, horrible concoctions like Natty Light and, yeah. and oh, and Bush beer. And, you know, I knew from then what trash beer was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that started me off it's, on my path to a beer palate, you know? Yeah, you started developing it. Yeah, you, uh, you got to go through the rough patches right. to and come then, out experienced, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you go from that, you know, when you're young, I did the 40s heavy, the 22s heavy. Mickey's, that's why I never shun, like, things like that because we're drinking very good beer right now. Yeah. But I'll take a 40 in a paper bag with a quickness, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll crack open a Mickey right now and try to solve, oh, man. Try to solve the puzzle under the cap. <laughs> Don't get it twisted, man. I have a very refined taste for beer, but, you know, I will throw down with the, with the winos in the alley. <laughs> wow, wow. Dope, dope. Um, 
Who, do you remember who was with you at this event? Did anybody else go down like you did, or? or uh, <laughs> my well, I was in my boy Omar's dorm room, okay. and I remember just passing out on the floor. And you know what happens? It all came back up all over his carpet, his jeans. Yeah, man. Good thing he was a good dude and understanding because everybody was twisted. But that was a very disgusting experience. Wow. Wow. Hey, listen, I applaud the fact that you were able to share that with us. I know uh, a lot of previous guests probably found themselves in the same situation, but didn't utter a word of it. It's a college story, man. That's it. And I'm living to tell the tale. That's what I'm talking about. Let's get into that third one. All right, put it down. The first two I've had, this one I haven't had. Okay. This is um, this was from the Green Man Brewery. This is their Trickster IPA. Uh, it's an American IPA. This one's a little bit on the heavy side. It clocks it at a 7%, and it's brewed in North Carolina. Um, now, I'm an old school guy. Okay. I like old school music. Yeah. I like old school cars. I like old school beers. So when this IPA movement came around, how long ago maybe would you say? Ten uh, years ago? Easily. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan. I'm a fan of the alcohol content. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of IPA snobs out there that, you know, they don't know about drinking. They just know about IPAs, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they kind of get on my nerves, but... Right, I expected it to be hoppy. Yeah. But this was actually kind of good. I like this one a lot. Okay. I'm very pleasantly surprised because I was expecting something very hoppy, very bitter. Okay. But this one is actually very good. I like the consistency. I like the color. Okay. It, it's a manageable hop. Very manageable. At 7%. I'm drinking this whole thing if I get a chance on the weekend. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, you surprised me with this one. As soon as I saw IPA, I was like, uh. I already had, you know, my pre, my pre, conceived notions, my preconceived of, uh, notions of an IPA, but uh, it's not bad, not you. bad at all. Okay, I like it. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, Green Man, you got a good one on your hands from someone who's not a uh, big on IPAs to begin with. Well, I feel sometimes they get over hoppy just for the sake of over hoppy, or just, just the for the sake of a high alcohol content. Yeah, it's like you know, I'm a big fan of hot sauce. But you get some hot sauces that they just jack up the heat level. <laughs> just to say that they're the hottest. Just to say they're the hottest. And you know, when you just want some, I want some flavor too, man. That's what I'm Sacrificing flavor and all that just for the intensity. All right, so I feel like a lot of IPAs do that instead of, you know, wanting the good flavor and the good quality instead of just hops, 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 hops. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, like, yeah, I'm not big on the IPAs either, and I've mentioned it before, um, broken record status on this podcast, <laughs> but... Um, I'm, I'm starting to wonder whether maybe some IPAs or IPAs in general are probably better received when it comes to like a part of a meal um, along with something. Maybe there's something, uh, the, the pairing that might help with the uh, enjoyment of an IPA. So that's probably something I got to look into. Definitely got to look into that. Um, what are you drinking nowadays when you're not at the Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast drinking beers? Whatever is on sale at Publix. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Publix. Yo, right now in my fridge, I have a, a you know a, a cold twelve of Stella. Okay. Yes. Uh, I like Stella. Go-to. I like uh, Modelo. I like Ying. I like uh, I like European beers. 
You know, I like Prestige. I like Red Stripe. I like Colic. You ever had Colic from uh, the Bahamas? Colic is delicious. That's good stuff. I like Colic. Uh, I like imported. Anything imported, man. American has yeah. got to be Yingling or... Because or, Yingling is European style. Yeah. yeah. So if it's American, you know, I don't do really do Budweiser. I don't do Coors. I don't do any of that. Yeah, you know, unless, like I said, unless I'm at a party and they have it, I'm, I'm drinking on. up. You know, I don't have... You know, I'm not going to say, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm leaving this establishment yeah, right now. Good day, sir. I said good day. <laughs> yeah, if it's got alcohol, I'm drinking it, man. Yo, yo, well, hey, I can drink to that for sure, for sure. Word. So let's get into this last one. And I have not had this one either. All right. Is Brooklyn in the house? Yes, oh, they are. Right. This is the Brooklyn Brewery's Brown Ale. Is it stout? It's No, it's a brown ale. It's an American okay. brown ale. No, you said ale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this, is this is number four. And, and Green tell. Man was 7%. What is yeah. this? That was a 5.6. Okay, we back. So we bring it down. We, we kind of simmered down yeah. a little bit there. Um, and it's, of course, Brooklyn is brewed out of New York. Um, like I said, 5.6. So it's Brooklyn. Well, let me know what you think about that one. Is it spreading love? Is it spreading love? Is the Brooklyn way? or? Well, I never say I don't like it. Okay. Unless it's low quality unless it's crap yeah you know what I mean yeah so this is not my favorite it's not as carbon dioxide is that a word let's make it a word right <laughs> here bro yeah let's get Webster's on the line it's not as carbon dioxide and uh you know who would tell us that's not a word your brother the beer snob the beer snob <laughs> he'd be like what are you talking about but I appreciate it. It's not something that I would go for on a regular basis, or okay. if I saw it on tap somewhere, it's not something that I choose. But uh, I can appreciate what it is. Okay. Okay. So what is I, don't, I don't shy away from anything, man. It's not bad. It, it, it's really, it really has a good flavor, but it's not, it's not something I would go for. Yeah. But if, if this is your thing, it, it's, it, it tastes very good. Okay. That's it. Dope. So, um, all that's left to do now is um, I want to take your uh, your esteemed, educated opinion on these beers, and uh, let me know a ranking one through four. All right. Upset. The IPA is number one. Wow. Wow. Because. Well, what pushes it over the edge is the alcohol content. Okay, okay, taking that 7%, into consideration. Yeah, 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 seven percent. Come on, man. And uh, for IPA, it is very flavorful, not bitter, not hoppy, not overcome by that. Right. Mm. It's very well crafted, very well brewed. I was very impressed by the Green Man Trickster IPA, number one. Oh. Number okay. two, I'm gonna go with Estrella. Yeah. Because I'm a fan of all European style beers, all European beers. Uh, their hops are the best. Uh, they all have bold, distinct flavors, and Estrella is like any one of them. Money. Yeah. Number three, I'm gonna go with Brooklyn Brown. Even though it's not what I usually drink, I can appreciate the the brewer, the brewing, you okay. know, the, the craft behind yeah. it. I can appreciate the. It's got good flavor. The carbon dioxide. Yeah, the carbon dioxide is not where I like it to be. It's you know, it's it's a little flat. But I know they do that 
on purpose. Yeah. So I'm good with it. Okay. And number four, the soul, because not that it's bad at by any means, it's just because it's very it's a common. It's a common beer. I've had it many times. You know, I already know all about it. And you know, it's out there more than the rest, I guess. Okay, dope. But it's still a dope beer. Excellent, excellent. Um, we brought something to the table. I slipped up. Um, I should have set off this segment with a shout out to Mama Juana King. Um, he sponsors the segment. We usually do a shot of something. I'm gonna do a shot of Mama Juana King, but for this episode here, we got something on deck from you, being that you grew up in Puerto Rico, spent a lot of time in there, had a good time over there, learned a lot about music, culture, and whatnot. So we're gonna hit you with this uh, Puerto Rican moonshine, oh, Pitoro, for my people who knows and they know. Is that Guanabana? Ah, no. Oh wait, that's the coconut Ooh. ginger. All right, coconut ginger. Let me grab a shot glass real quick. I gotta drive later, man. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> Sometimes they improve the accuracy. <laughs> yeah. so, sometimes. Hey, listen. Things can... not to say when you get pulled over on a sobriety test. Hey, listen. Um, I'm do not. Do not drink and drive. Um, those listeners. Uh, I'm sleeping over here because... You're tuned into Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast where we do not drink and drive. Ever. Despite what you hear on this podcast, there is no... There's drinking, but there's no driving. No driving. That's why we do it stationary. That's why we're sitting here at a table recording the podcast. And uh, shouts to the alcoholics who one time said, uh, I don't drink and drive because I might spill my drink. Um, with that, let's get this... Uh, Let's get this uh, shot going here. So, um, hey, once again, uh, shouts to Mama Juana King, uh, sponsor of the uh, the brews segment. Uh, I'm gonna take one of these to the head. Oh shit! And then uh, we'll wrap this up and we'll talk music on the radio. Salud. Mmm. Mm. God damn, that's good. Holy shit! Give it a second. Mmm. Damn. <laughs> That's very good. And that's why I'm concerned about having it around me. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Hey. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Uh, O-Head is still here. DJ Tres is still here. Barely. Survived. Barely. Survived the gauntlet. Barely. Like, like I'm on he, a toilet right now, holding he my head up. <laughs> but he's not driving. Not driving. He, he made it through the alcoholic combine. Yo, he ran a good 40. <laughs> um, and he arrived at this location, at this place here. This place here is where we discuss beats. He is a producer. Um, we touched a little bit on it earlier on. Um, we talked about where he likes to get samples from, what, you know, what, Crate digging and all that. We touched on all that. Um, this is where we discuss what you're listening to nowadays. All right. Well, uh, I listen. To, I still listen to mainly old music, man. Older music. Okay. You know, I hate. I know I'm getting old because I'm the type of dude that's like I can't really vibe with the new. Mm. Even though, well, there's two sides because the DJ Trez has to listen to everything new. To try to, you know, incorporate stuff into my set. Okay. But B-Boy Trez is like, what the fuck is this stuff, man? <laughs> <laughs> They're actually moving to this. They're actually moving to this. So, 
one of the things one of the things you have to develop as a DJ, no matter what your personal taste is, you have to find redeeming qualities in music, especially you have to find out what works on a dance floor. Yeah. You know, even though it may not be what you like personally, you have to, you know, pay attention to crowds, you have to pay attention to trends. And if you want to have people dancing on your dance floor, you got to play what people like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, it's not you're not out there to teach a lesson, man. You're out there to rock a crowd. So, even though I might not personally like a lot of the newer stuff, I do appreciate the party aspects of music. Like for example, uh the Shecky West Mo Bamba. Okay. No. Horrible song. Horrible song. I mean, like I said, for you and I, that's that's yeah. we're not gonna listen to that. Yeah. But I get it. You know, as a DJ, I get it. And I had a party where I I threw that on. I'm gonna show you. I threw that on, and the place went buck fucking wild. These were uh, a <laughs> bunch of college kids. And you know, so it, that's that's the I guess the duality okay. of being being somebody in my position that you know. Look at that, Mobamba. Oh yeah. So you see. Oh yeah, no, no, no. and everybody's in harmony. Look at that shit. It looked like it looked like Kanye West uh, Sunday Soul Service going yeah. on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, um, I just showed the guys the you know video of one of my gigs where I dropped uh, Mo Bamba this past summer, and that was a college age age crowd, and that was the shit to them. Yeah. So while you and I think what the hell is you know we're not listening to this, you have to kind of appreciate the effect that that you know these songs have on people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. But anyway, um, I, there's still a lot of, you know, Griselda. I like a lot of Griselda okay. stuff. You know, Mad Lib just came out with Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, that was a dope You know, stuff like that. I, I still love a lot of R&B. Lion Babe is new. I listen to Lion Babe. I listen to the internet. Um, what up, else? Are you done with Brock Hampton? Yeah, yeah. Brock is cool, man. I fuck with is Brock. It, I, I haven't... I keep seeing the name pop up. I've heard people talk about them, and I haven't heard one song. Yeah, man. Go check them out, man. <clears throat> dope stuff. Dope stuff like that. There's, 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 there's a lot of new stuff that's... There's still good music out there, man. Don't, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to be that, you know, get-off-my-lawn type guy. There's still a lot of good music being put out. A lot of good R&B. You know, for a long time, I was like, R&B is dead. But it's not, man. It's not. It's, it's good stuff. You just... You just gotta, it's there, you just gotta dig for it, man. And, and I feel satellite radio is good for that. If you okay, listen to XM Sirius, they they really play a lot of stuff that people should be hearing, man. It's it's wild because um, I, I was a big, I mean, middle school, um, high school, I was a big fan of R&B. R&B was right there neck and neck with whatever hip hop right, I was listening right, to. Right, right, right. And like you said, and even after a little bit after high school, um, and like you said, it's like there was a time frame where like R&B fell off the map. I mean, you had your staples. You know, you can't deny Mary J. Blige. Right. And you had Do- Jodeci. Um, but then it came into a point where I think the line became so blurred between the hip-hop and R&B that R&B cats really didn't hold the lane. I mean, at least in my opinion, and I'm talking from a perspective where it's like... Little by little, I just started leaning more towards hip hop, so I didn't stay in tune, like you're saying. With well, with I mean, R&B. I mean, this is this could be a deep, deep conversation because I think there's a lineage in R&B from Motown, mm. which when if if you want to say if there's anything dead in R&B, I think that lineage is dead. 
because there was a lineage from from Motown that went all the way to Joe to see, went all the way to Mary J. Blige, Maxwell, even Music Soul Child in yeah. the early two thousands. Okay. You know, Keisha Cole, you know, the DNA from the Motown sound trickled all the way down to around the middle 2000s. And then somewhere along the line, it got cut. Mm. And even though there's still a lot of good R&B being made, because that DNA from the Motown sound got kind of faded away, um, the way the mainstream treated R&B changed. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? You still had your Trey songs, but in my opinion, he's not that talented. And <laughs> Come on the show, Trey songs. Come on, ah, yo. <laughs> but no, but you know what I mean? You, you still, he was probably, but Trey songs and Chris Brown are probably like the last two remaining. Yeah. But even then, on. that wasn't as, it wasn't what it was. Right, early, right, you know, right, late, right, 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 right. Miguel, 90s. Miguel is still, you still got Miguel who's okay. still, you know, they're still, but these are like fringe acts now. When before it was mainstream, R&B was mainstream. Yeah, you had, it got pushed a lot more. You know, in the 90s, you had 112 that was mainstream. Sure. You know, Mary J was mainstream. You know, even Luther Vandross was mainstream, you know. Yeah. R&B artists aren't as mainstream anymore. You have to, right now, R&B is like... The hybrid rap R&B sound, yeah, like the Drake sound, which I think, I think Kanye started with 808 and Heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. That that even though that's that's a whole other story. I don't that album changed a lot for me as far as my opinion of Kanye. But 808 and Heartbreak, 808 and Heartbreak, ushered in an entire new sound. It's true, it's true. You know, it's funny how you mentioned that. It's like. There are there are moments even nowadays where I hear R and B, but it's so intertwined with um, hip hop. And there's some cats that do it really good, like mm-hmm, Fonte. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fonte, um, he had that um, the album uh, with uh, Eric Roberson, Tigalero, fucking crazy. Whatever, album. whatever you feel about Drake, Fonte did it first. <laughs> <laughs> Ray J hit it first. Fonte did it first. <laughs> Yo, put that the on his shirt. The singing, the rapping, the cadence, the yeah. everything. That was all Fonte. Yes. And the crazy part is that uh, is that uh, Drake will tell you that too. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Drake yeah. will tell you that. Dumb. But man, it's crazy how that the parallels. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yo, hold tight for a second. I'm gonna play a song for you. We're gonna come back on the other side and you give me your opinion on it. All right. Down. Yep. Let's do this. Yes, yes. That was um, Bureaucratic's theme from the Dissect Season 5. Dissect is another podcast. Um, this one delves, it's like a, a, it's a serial analysis of a specific album. Hmm. So they take an album and they go song by song. Hmm. The dude that does it is this cat named Cole Kutchner. Dope ass podcast. Um, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's practical to shout out other podcasts or promote sure, other podcasts on your love. podcast, it's but love. it's all a community. So yeah, Dissect Podcast. Um, every every season, every uh, album they dissect, Bureaucratic has uh, produces a song for it, a theme song for it. This gotcha. is the most recent one. Um, you being a producer, you having a producer's ear, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Yeah, that's excellent, man. I'm really digging it, man. I, I could tell it's sample-based. Um, yeah, really dope groove, man. I like it. I like the drums, man. Really dope, man. I was vibing with it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, he plays bass. I follow him on Instagram, so I know he'll put, he'll play his bass. So I imagine that that bass line was, 
is is him. Right. It's him playing it. Um, it. It must be live because it was very groovy. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you when you produce, you find yourself leaning towards more um, horns, more bass, more keys. I really, it's really up to a lot. A lot of producers they lay the drums down first, but me being sample based, um, I always just let the sample take me there. You know what I mean? Okay. I listen to the sample, and you know, I just let it marinate in my mind, and wherever it takes me, you know, that's how I flow with it. You know, if I add horns or whatever it is, man, it just I always just look for the perfect loop, the perfect you know uh, section that I could chop up. Okay. And I just take it from there. Before we let you go, well, actually, before we wrap up this segment, because we still got some some talking to do. Um, is there one beat that always gets you going? Like this one beat that that you hear, like the the, the one that you know makes you move, whether it's physically, damn, damn. emotionally, spiritually. All right. Well, here's one. Okay. That people might not be aware of. It's Mark Ronson featuring Ghostface Killer. It's a track called Ooh Wee. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. La, 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 la. Uh-huh. Very energetic track. It used to be my secret weapon when I was DJing because okay. I know you asked earlier, is there one song that, you know, the people... Every time I would play Ooh Wee, it would get the party cracking. Yeah. You know, a lot of people play it now, so it's not such a secret weapon anymore, but... Yeah. Uwe, Mark Ronson. I forgot what the sample is. It's, it's definitely a sample beat. Uh, but yeah, man, that's a party that's beat one. through and through. Dope, dope. Yo, DJ Tres, we discussed... It ain't over yet, but we discussed oh, okay. beats. Um, all that's left to do is get into the food section. The eats. The food section. I so love y'all stick, it, stick around. He loves to eat. I love to do this podcast just for that simple reason that we get to talk crap. About everything that is favorite to me. So, uh, Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Yeah, eating good food. So, what you eating on? Catfish. I had that. Brisket. Love that. Pizza. Love that. You know we own. We eating good food. So, what you rubbing on? And they say, um, this is Bruce Beats and he's the podcast. Yeah, actually, yeah. actually, I say this is Bruce Beats and he's the podcast. And what I say is actually true on this one. Um, got DJ Tres still here with me. And um, this, is the, uh, this is the part of the podcast where we start discussing food. Primarily, the food that DJ Tres enjoys the most. Is there a food you enjoy the most? Well, I enjoy all types of cuisines. Okay. Uh, I like sampling food from everywhere i'm not picky i'm the type that will eat whatever you throw me some weird food i'm gonna try it man um i want to eat food from every culture that ever existed on okay that's that's your goal no you know what i'm saying i like i like different type of food man i love indian food i love all asian food thai japanese chinese cambodian all that i love pho uh i love land all type of land foods obviously um my favorite foods well, my dad is from Peru, so it might sound like I'm biased, but Peruvian food is really my favorite. 
because I say this because it is the one type of cuisine that has the best out of every type poultry, beef, seafood. Peruvians okay. have it all, man. That, that, that you have lomo, which is beef, you have fish, you have chicken, every type. They have a delicious meal for every type of meat or vegetable you can think of. And also, Jamaican food, man. I love Jamaican food, man. Oxtail, jerk chickens, the best, man. Yeah, I, I can't argue with you there, man. Jamaican food is on point. Fire. Um, whether it's curry, whether it's jerk, oh, man. whether it's your, your typical Breakfast, you got ackee and saltfish for breakfast. You got jerk chicken for lunch, oxtail for dinner. You know, my beef patties in between. It's all good. Okay. The, um, now, I know mom's, mom's food is always... The best. The best. Um, but if you can't make it to mom's place, is there somewhere that, you know, Peruvian or Jamaican that you feel like, yo, this is a spot to go to? It'll kind of like bring you as close as possible without eclipsing mom's? Damn, man. Well, uh, my mom is Cuban, so, you know, we're in South Florida, so you already know. You can find That's dope everywhere. Cuban food okay. everywhere. Okay. And uh, let's see, Peruvian food. Uh, the, you know what? La Granja for a fast food joint, it be hitting. Yeah. La Granja be hitting. They have some good Peruvian food there. But if you want to get fancy schmancy, there's a Ceviche 305 okay. uh, downtown Miami. Really good, man. Yeah. Really good stuff, man. You get some pisco sour, you get some ceviche. Be straight. What's the pisco sour? I'm not familiar. Pisco sour. Is, pisco is a Peruvian liquor, and then uh, I, I believe they just put you know some sour mix and some nutmeg and whatever little ingredients, but it's okay. very good uh, Peruvian cocktail. Ah, uh, okay. So and it complements the ceviche. Definitely, most definitely, man. Either you know, Peru, yeah, with a pisco sour and ceviche, man. That's I want some right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, let's go. Yo, let's let's yelp to see who's open you right now. Me? We'll pull up. We'll yeah, pull man. Up. Next time you're at Peruvian spot, get a pisco sour. Pisco sour. Sometimes okay. I think they throw egg whites in there too, man. It's a good. It's a good oh, it's a good so it's protein based. Yeah, oh, that's my excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I need three of those. I get my protein. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah, let's do right. This. They put throw some egg whites in there. Yeah. 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 Um, are you a big uh, desserts? Not really, man. Not really. I've never had much of a sweet tooth, man. Even when I eat desserts and candy, I always like the sour stuff more, man. The tart stuff. But my mom makes, I don't care where you have flan from, my mom's flan is the greatest on the planet. I will die on that hill. (laughs) I will put my mom's flan up against anybody's flan. Yo. Yeah, flan is dope, man. Flan is good. Heavy team mom's flan. And you know, I'm a a chocoholic, man. I like a good chocolate cake. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. Okay. Uh, You talking about like some chocolate supreme type of thing? Uh, Ganache joint? Uh, Damn, anything really, though. (laughs) Anything. Um, Any type of chocolate cake, man. I'm good with it. Word, word. Um, Do you cook yourself? Negative. Okay. I mean, I can make some cornflakes, I can, <laughs> some toast. You've got that. You know, got I, that, I, got I, the I, ingredients down right for that. Yo, I could, hook, <laughs> that bowl of- I could hook up some ramen. You know, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I mean, I can cook, but I'm just. I don't have the the. I don't have that that touch. You know what I mean? I would. Yeah. I say it like this. Cooking is like oral sex. Anybody could do it. But for, it, but for it to come out good, you have to love it. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yo. For you to do it good, you have to love it. You have to love it. <laughs> Anybody could do it. But, but for it to come out serious. For it to come out good, you have to love it. You have to love it. You get me? Yeah. Yeah. So, so since you can't cook, we could easily... So, say. you know, I, I can get in the kitchen and put some stuff together... But that doesn't mean it's gonna be a gourmet, delicious meal. It'll be know? edible. It'll be edible. Yeah. You know. It'll be filling and edible. It'll but be filling and edible. Might not be your but favorite. you know, it's, it's not gonna be you know a gourmet dish. <laughs> it might take you to that point, <laughs> but that's all it'll do. It's just like leave you right there. But that's the cooking. That's the. Co- <laughs> Yo. So I guess uh, I guess it's easy to say that. Uh, you know, you can't hook up a, a, a five-course meal while you're making a beat. Shouts to Prince Poe and organize. <laughs> <laughs> I cook up some records, though. Uh, cook up, there you go. There you go. Dope, dope. So, um, Tres, man, uh, we got to know you early on in this podcast. Uh, we actually got you to sample the beers. We didn't have to twist your arm for that. No, nah, not at all. You said that IPA came in. Yeah, you know, man, shocker, man. Is that the, the, the upset, man? The, yes, the underdog. Yes. The underdog came through. We talked a little bit about your musical taste, um, your, your experiences with playing music for people. Uh, we played a track for you. You gave us your thoughts on the track. We kind of ran the gamut on uh, on foods here, um, Peruvian or Jamaican. It's a toss up between the two. Book, book. I gotta get that pisco sour sometimes. Yeah, so bro. I have to pull up, pull up, bro. You did your thing. You made it through. Yeah, man. Um, Thanks for having words me. Before um, we let these people go, man. Nah, man. Just follow me on the socials, and if I have a gig, come on, man. You have a good time. I rock out. Yes, you will hear me promote. I'll send shout outs. I'll post. Um, I'll give them. I'll, I'll let the people know wherever you spin it out. It's definitely. I've seen you spin dope shit. And DJ Trez instrumental album coming soon on vinyl and digital. Look out. As always, Bruce Beats and Easter podcast. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank my guest DJ Tres for taking the time Thanks coming through and me. talking it up with me. I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in yet another week. Um, you can keep up with me on Instagram at BruiseBeats, the letter N eats. The same goes for the Spotify. If you're listening to it on Spotify, um, just go right over. Uh, make sure you hit that following or the follow button in the upper right-hand corner of your screen if you're listening on Spotify. We're also on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Breaker. There's a bunch of other ones. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Tell somebody. I'm sure you're down to tell somebody something, even if you have to put them in their place about it. Um, make sure that when they get there, they rate, comment, subscribe, review, thumbs up, whatever, whatever you feel. Uh, with click, that, click, click. Yes, sir. With that, I'm O'Head Ed. Thank you again. I am signing out. Very peace. <laughs>